What are you listening to? You don't know that the guys are putting I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colisano, joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Good afternoon, Principal Colisano. How are you today? That's right. I was fake principal today. Always a fun day. And we did have some excitement at the school, which is always fun. Sometimes, So I have a very small school. <coughs> and so sometimes I'm, when it's really quiet and there's not a lot of uh, bad behavior... It can be difficult to stay awake. Let's put it that way. So, because you're there for, you know, seven and a half hours, nothing's going on. You're not teaching. You're just, you know, basically walking around. But today was good. There was there was some bad behavior. So, some people might look at that as a problem. I look at that as fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gives me something to do. Excellent. So, a uh, lot going on here, my man. Like, controversy, bullshit. I'm sure we're going to have some... Differing opinions, possibly. Some strong opinions, for sure. Why don't you lead us off? NFL Palooza, as you put it. I like it. Um, We'll start small. We'll start on the defensive side of the ball with the Atlanta Falcons. They signed safety Jesse Bates. Yep. Nice little signing. Something that they need. uh, Lacking Atlanta has been lacking defense for the last few years. I I sit here with all the... I sit here and looking at Atlanta, I wonder... What kind of discussions have gone on behind the scenes about how much leeway um, Arthur Smith has? Bastard, he, he took on an impossible job. I mean, this was not a good job. They were barren. And over the last two years, they've done nothing but strip pieces away yeah. and come in right. with new young pieces. And I just, if you're going to fire him after one more season, I think that's totally unfair. And frankly, it's disingenuous to the coach to say like, hey, yeah. Um, you know, we want we want you to turn this program around, but we're not going to do anything or give you anything to turn the program around. Now, with that right. said, I think he's actually done a decent job. This team has been, regardless of their record, uh, has been competitive in most of their games over the last two years. And I think that does say a little something about Arthur Smith as a coach. But this is another piece you can see their start. <laughs> little A little Tennessee. He came from, you know, he was the OC at Tennessee. Bring in some defense, strong, physical. You can see him slowly transforming this into a more physical type team, which would be interesting in Atlanta because it's never been like that. Yeah, and the Bengals prepared for this. They thought they knew they were, they were he was probably going to move on. They drafted Dax Hill last year, and he'll probably slide right in. Right this year, so. which is also that. See, now that's good management. Yep. Like you're not just looking at this year's draft for what you need this year. You're looking and saying what contracts do we have coming up that we're not likely going to be able to fulfill. And, and drafting for that, which is very, very smart. Plus, you're giving that player a year to develop before you expect them to be a starter, which is super helpful. So smart Agreed. on both yeah, teams. I think teams. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nickel and dime and whatever else. And yeah. Quarters. Yep. yep. The Carolina Panthers signed quarterback Andy Dalton. I saw this. This was one that you had asked me if I would have wanted Andy Dalton on the Jets instead of you know some of the other third level we'll say third level type quarterbacks um yeah. I, w- I would have frankly if he was available right now just to jam it up green bay's ass we'll get to this in a minute but um i i would even i would have done it but yeah um and you're figuring they moved up to number one in the draft you said carolina right 
Yes, sir. Yeah, they moved up to number one in the draft. They made a nice trade with Chicago. Gave up a really nice wide receiver, which I'll get to about Chicago in a minute. I was going to say, we'll, we'll segue right into that. In yeah. Um, whoever they draft, if it's C.J. Stroud, which is I suspect it will be, um, I think that's a good signing for Carolina to have a guy like Andy Dalton in there. To, to to help him to teach him to show him what it's like to be a pro guy's been around um the guy i love guys especially in this particular role who have been around and have been shit on by the media but they're still around because it shows like their level of professionalism they don't care what goes on in the newspapers and on tv they care about what happens in that locker room i will also share this about andy dalton Go look statistically at what he did last year. He actually threw more touch. I, I could be wrong here, but I think he threw more touchdown passes than than Derek Carr, who took his place for thirty five million dollars. So no shit, really. I think he had more touchdown passes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh <laughs> boy. So <laughs> um, yeah, so we're right into the Bears. They make the trade. They get DJ Moore from Carolina. They move back. They got a pretty good haul moving back. I'm not they sure did. what they want to do. And they signed linebacker Trey Edmonds. Um, yeah, Trey Edmonds. And, or, no, what's the guy from the Eagles? Yeah. They got Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills, and what's the guy from the Eagles? They signed someone else from the Eagles. So they, they got two linebackers that are pretty good players. Yeah. And that's Chicago's like linebacker you, you know? I would say so like typical of them with their defensive yeah. side, although they, are, they also bring in DJ Moore, which, you know, no more excuses. Yeah, no more excuses for Justin Fields now. Okay, this will be his third season. Uh, I'm sick and tired of idiots on television who clearly don't know what, what they're talking about. That includes Greeny. That includes Keyshawn, who talk about Chicago had a bad offensive line. No, they didn't. They had a media, middle, of the, middle of the road. They had the 15th best PFF offensive line in the league. That means there were 17 other teams that had worse offensive lines than them, and most of those quarterbacks were better than Justin Fields. Who was the player you're talking about? TJ Edwards, that's why I got confused okay. with Edmonds because it's very close. Yeah, too many T's Edwards and E's the there. Yeah, really. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, I agree with you on Fields, dude. This is um There's no uh, more excuses. Again, yeah. And again, you know, they got they got more, they got Claypool, they got Cole Komet, they got uh Mooney. Mooney. I mean, this is like they got some yeah. real weapons to, yep. for him to throw to and a, a decent offensive line that can be improved through the draft if they wanted to, or maybe they signed somebody. Um, no more excuses. And I think you'll see, I, I'm sure you'll see some improvement. Uh, how do you not with that, with those kind of weapons? Uh, and DJ Moore is a real deep threat and Justin Fields has a cannon for an arm. So that'll who's definitely the, help. Who's their running back? They have, uh, Khalil Herbert, right? Yeah. And I feel there was someone else that got signed by another team. I don't worry about that kind of, I, I never, I don't worry about running backs, man. I just, yeah, I know, but you, you could pick you one up in a fourth round. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they signed Zeke. <laughs> I wouldn't even bother. I would rather go to the draft and get someone for, for a mill and a half. You know? And, uh, yeah. That, that, guy, that guy out of, uh, you know, Memphis, that's slightly undersized but quick and agile running back that you're going to sign for a mill and a half is better than Zeke is right now anyway. So unless you want him as like a short yardage back or something like that, you know, somebody will sign him, but I wouldn't want him. So. Excellent segue again, sir. Go to the Cowboys. I'm, I'm good release, at this, huh? They release Zeke, and they trade for Stephon Gilmore, a cornerback whose great days are behind him, for still sure. a very good player. Definitely. Um, and Dallas will pair him up with Trevon Diggs. Right. Which is nice. It absolutely is. I, um, like, I like the move. They, 
they probably are top five defense going into next year with the Niners, probably with your Jets. And I would think you're probably right. All in there, Broncos are decent, Redskins are decent, and you know, Patriots are always okay. And, right. You know, I'm like that. But listen, Dallas has a problem, though, I think. At quarterback, we had too much money. That's not a clutch player. Which we, you and I have said that from before they even signed him. Yeah. Tony Pollard coming off a bad injury. Um, but should be got, okay. Should be okay. They, yeah, they got money lined up. I think Michael Gallup just restructured his contract. They need another weapon on the outside. They went and got James Washington last year who did nothing. Yeah. That they ended up having to go, what, get T.Y. Hilton halfway through the year? Correct. And, who was actually okay for that. I was going to say, he plays. actually did pretty good. Um. Uh, again, that division's pretty good too. They got they got a lot of they got a lot of questions. Isn't it amazing how fast that division changed over the last two years? Uh, uh, incredible. It was literally the worst division in football, and now it's one of the best. You know, at least balanced. It's ba- it's a balanced division. You know, last, with the Giants last... having improved as much as they have, Washington, while not great, is at least a five hundred team. They're a competitive team, so. Last draft there, we were making fun of the NFC. I know. What a joke. What a joke. I know. Things change very quickly in the NFL. I think it was a good move, by the way, that that signing Gilmore. It's a good move. Now you have – and what's different about him, you bring up the (coughs) point that he's aged and he's not quite the player that he was. But he doesn't have to be. You mentioned you have Diggs on the other side. So um, Gilmore only has to – will be covering their number two or three receiver. Um, which he's more than capable of doing at this point in his career. So that's why it's a nice signing. They were really yep. hurting for that second yep. corner, and now they have solved that. And that's a big deal because then that frees up outside linebackers. That frees up safeties. Micah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's a, it's, a, it's a bigger signing than people realize, but not for probably for the reason that others do. Like, oh, it's Stephon Gilmore. Well, it's, that's not why. <laughs> it's because of his, his role and his job at, on this team at this time. We will go to my Denver Broncos, and I absolutely love what they did. They signed Mike McGlinchey from the Niners, right tackle. They signed Ben Powers, guard from the Ravens. Yep. They signed Samaji P. Ryan, running back from the Bengals. I think they're telling you we're going to run the fucking ball. We're going to help. We're going to help Russ out. Play action pass. We got Javante Williams coming back, but he might take a little bit to get going into pre-injury form. What are they starting to sound like? What kind of what team are they starting to sound like? Saints or look like no Seattle. Oh, run the ball, yeah, offensive yeah. Line, run the ball, play action with Russ. Yeah, you, but you, you think Sean Payton's been watching some film? Well, they did it too with the Saints with uh, Ingram and Kamara, two sure. running backs. Yeah, and, before yeah, when they had Ingram and play action with Breeze, get him on the apps, absolutely. You know, get him rolling out. Yep. No, I listen. Payton knows what he's doing. There's no, there's no For secret sure. there. Yeah. This is going to um, come down to Russ. Obviously, this whole season, yeah. with Denver comes down to Russ. Can he be yeah. Russ, or is he is he truly washed? I I just it was an awful, awful season for him. But I, I honestly, I can't imagine that he's just totally washed. I, I just no, can't. I don't either. I can't. I don't either. So I don't. You know, I don't think. I think Hackett was in way over his head, and that's just not just with the whole head coaching thing. You know, because he had no time management. He, you start to lose a locker room. You know what's funny too? It was a lot. T- there. Timing is everything. Like shit got fucked up right in the first game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's say you pull, yeah. let's say you pull that game out instead of you lost the first game of the season, right? Yeah, and also it didn't help that it was Monday night primetime alone saying. either. That's <laughs> what I'm saying because all the lights, all the yeah. eyes are on one team, one guy. 
and if that doesn't happen, even if you just win that game, maybe maybe it doesn't go perfect and it's kind of ugly. But if you win the game, there's yeah. a little less tension. You know what I'm saying? And then who knows yeah. what happens moving forward? You make your adjustments, you make your changes, and the season could be different. But there was so much shit thrown on top of them right from the start because of the way it looked and the loss. Yeah, there was no, another, there was never a recovery. Another thing that I want to point out too is, and this is a little bit of like, you know, right in your wheelhouse, substitute teacher. Under Pete Carroll, he was in his best behavior. There was no bullshit. He respected everyone in the room. Now he gets this this, this Hackett guy. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get my own office. I'm well, going to be a little bit of a prima donna. I'm going to oh be a little God. bit of this and that. And now Champagne comes in, and maybe we're going to reel him back in again. Now right. we have a grown-up in the room again. Right. I don't care who or, or how great your players are. And, I mean, you just look, historically speaking, this is always the case. This includes the greats like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady – and I'm going to give you examples. Um, you can't the in, the inmates can't run the asylum. Right. There has to be an adult in charge. When you hear the stories like you just started bringing up that Russell Wilson had his own office, a separate office in the state. Like, come on, what are we talking about here, I folks? Know, really, I know. You know what I'm saying? And Michael Michael Jordan when he was uh, with the Bulls before, um, before uh, what's his name became the head coach. Uh, Phil Jackson. Before Phil Jackson, he it was, was it Doug Collins. Yeah, D Doug Collins. It were a good team. They were fine, but it was too yeah. much Michael's decisions on things. And I get it because he's great, right? So you listen to what, and you do what he wants to do. But it's got to be the there's got to be the man in charge. Even with Tom Brady, yes, when he went to Tampa, they win the Super Bowl in the first year. But if you look at the second and third year, it was a little chaotic. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was because a lot of the, the decisions were made by Tom Brady and they were afraid to say no or they were afraid to say we have a better idea and they just don't want to upset Tom and I get well, that but how'd that work one, out for you another one with LeBron and the Lakers absolutely you end up with Russell Westbrook and yep. and some of the other disgusting moves and awful these are not GMs they're they're they want to play with their friends so you literally look at what happened in Tampa they went from Super Bowl to playoffs and playoff loss to missing the playoffs you still want to listen to Tom Brady, the GM? Right. You still want to listen to Michael Jordan, who had no championships before Phil Jackson came in and was the real leader of that team? So, yeah, that that's that's what happened there and um, in Denver, and it's better, and we'll see. Now Now there's no excuses. So, But that's I like the moves they're making. Bolster that offensive line. Protect your asset in, in Russell Wilson because you're going to have him for the next five years and, and move on from there. So. The Detroit Lions, they cut Jamal Williams, start running back last year. A little surprised with that. Or not one. caught. They didn't cut. They didn't re-sign him. I apologize. A little surprised there. And and they get division rival Bear running back David Montgomery. I right. Think. Montgomery was the one I was thinking of before when I said um, they lost yeah. the running back. I thought it was Montgomery, but I'm like, I don't yeah. know if that's the right name. <coughs> yeah. I'm a little surprised with this, and I do like Jamal Williams. I think he's a really nice player. Um, so I'm a little surprised there, but you know, Me too. this is one of those things that probably comes down to salary cap. You know, you can't spend X amount of dollars on a running back. So you don't, you know, so moves have to be made. Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy G in. What do you think Jaco about that? Jacoby Myers in, uh, two expatriates that, um, you know, Mr. Uh, McDaniel's knows. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do I think about it? 
Did you really upgrade? Is my I guess that's the question I, I I'm asking. I don't I don't think they upgraded, but I think it's I think it's a um a real sign on how familiarity or familiar whatever the word is familiarity, yeah. Thank you. Is in the NFL where McDaniel's trust this guy very much. Um, again, the guy can't stay on the field. Well, that is I, a problem. I, neither one of us have a problem with his game when he's nope. on the field. He wins. He's um, he's never on the field. Then they, now they lose a weapon. We'll talk about that in a little bit with the Giants. Oh, this one shocked me. But yeah. yeah, which is bizarre. And then there's a really weird backstory to it too. I don't know if you know that or not. I don't know. Um. And you bring in Jacoby Myers, who's I guess he's a, I guess he's okay. a good number two or number three. I, yeah, okay. they want him to be a number one New England. That's not his strength. But, no. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not the biggest Josh McDaniels fan, but I'm trying to be neutral here. But I I just don't know. I don't know the I don't know where they're going. They they tag Josh Jacobs. He's not going to have a year like yeah last year. No way in hell. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, and then their defense is crap. Still, yeah. I, I don't know. Tough division. That's the pro. Like I don't know. I just look and I say you could have had a top ten, top twelve quarterback for significantly below market price. You know, Derek Carr ends up signing for on average thirty five million a year with New Orleans. You can't get a guy anymore for less than forty. No, it's a- so and he's durable as shit. He doesn't miss games. He hasn't missed a game since uh, that year where he was a an MVP candidate. He got, hurt, he got hurt the last game of the year yeah. against the Broncos. Like they, so. They- Avail. I, what do we always say? Availability is a is a skill. Like you got to be it's the best ability. It's the yeah, best ability. Like you got to be on the field to be a good player. And and I love Jimmy G. You know that because I just think he's a winner. Like yeah, it doesn't always. It's sometimes there's players just like that, man. It the stats aren't there. It doesn't look right. But the fucking W's come on the board, and that's all that matters. <coughs> I have a question for frankly, you. Frankly, let me just say, frankly, if there has been yeah. a knock on Derek Carr, it's that the stats look good and he throws a nice ball and everything's pretty and everything, but they don't win. So, you know, I guess that's the argument along with what you're saying with Jimmy G being familiar with each other with McDaniel and stuff like that. I just – I don't know. I don't know that it was worth the chaos that they created by like sitting him the last couple games and all that kind of stuff. Man, you are you are like reading my mind today with segues. Jesus Christ. Huh? I, oh, yeah. my God. It's like you're in my – <laughs> It's like we've head. done this before. What do I have for dinner? <laughs> um, Burgers. <laughs> no. No. Um, <laughs> Do you think there's any foul play, like you mentioned, with the whole circus that they did with cars, sit them, go home, don't worry about it, that they knew Jimmy G was going to kind of come there? Well, uh, foul play. I mean, we talked about the idea of like – the early – yeah, the early – Yeah, like if, if – why wasn't – why weren't the Chargers on the horn with Sean Payton like during the season? Like, listen, we're going to fucking fire this guy. You're going to take the job. Like, you can't do it, but you can do it. So is it possible? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if they talked to him. I think it's possible for sure. But, you know, it, it doesn't take a genius to know that San Francisco wasn't going to play him, wasn't going right. to keep him at the end of the season. You're familiar with the guy. You know, maybe they had a really good relationship. If you remember correctly, back when he was with the Patriots, they were more considering, as a staff, they were more considering moving on from Tom Brady and keeping right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So it makes you think like he probably had a good relationship with McDaniel back then. <coughs> so, yeah, but you like, know, but he, like, they probably but like, had it in mind. But with Aaron Rodgers out there, they didn't even give it a thought. Like, it's just like... If the reports are correct, they said we're not interested. And I, I get it. Like, I, who's who's a bigger headache right now? Jimmy oh, G yeah, or Aaron Rodgers? You want to talk to me about this shit right now? <laughs> we're about to in a little while. <laughs> 
the Miami Dolphins trade for Jalen Ramsey. Um, like you said in the text, uh, good, not great. Uh, hot Miami Rams got off on the money there, and yeah, we'll see. Between the money and I think he's an aging player. Not that he's old. You think he's only 28, 28 maybe. I think, he's be... a, I think I think he's a little bit of a diva too. There's a little diva. I will say this: you probably get one good year out of him. Players like this, probably he probably feels disrespected right now. So you're probably going to get the vet best if there is more for him to give. And this is a big question. There's a reason they they got rid of him. But if there is more for him to give, which I suspect there probably is at 28 years old, he's not in his 30s. Um, you're going to get a good year out of him right now because he's going to want to shove it up your ass. He's want he's going to want to say, "Look, you you gave up on me too quick." But he's not what he was. You know what I mean? He's, no, not. he's not. And he's expensive, no. and that and you can do that right now with two is still on his rookie contract. But I don't know how long you can keep him. Yeah, I think it'll be a short stay, but we'll see. I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, Miles Sanders signed with Carolina. I, was I did. I did. I think this is a bigger deal for Philly than it is for Carolina. It's a nice pickup for for Carolina, but um, this guy was kind of like the heart and soul of that running game. And you know, I'm kind of here. I am hip Pete the hypocrite talking about like running backs don't matter. So I get it. I'm a little surprised though. I'm a little surprised. He was coming off pretty much like his best season. Um, he was a big part of that offense, and just to be gone, you know, this had is not awful. Zeke who's past his prime. Like this guy's still a baller, but had an awful Super Bowl though. Yeah, um, well, there was a lot of that going around. Uh, like we mentioned before, the Raiders losing a guy. The New York Giants were there with open arms wow. to get tight end Darren Waller. This is the and biggest listen, we talked, shocker. We talked I about think. this two weeks ago, dude. We're getting Jones weapons, and here we go. Yes. Yeah. Um, th- this is a this is a shocker, and if you watch any of the press conferences, apparently Waller was as shocked as anybody else that this happened because he was like, "Man, I, I had no idea that this was even in the works." <coughs> and by the way, would they give up for him a third round pick? Yeah, holy shit! Like now, I will say that in the last two years, he's been on he's been injured often. Correct. But boy, oh boy, when he's on the field, man, this is as good a tight end, folks. I'm just telling you, this guy's as good as receiving tight end as there is in the league right now. If he wasn't as injured over the last two years as he's been, you'd be having the same conversation. You'd put him in the same conversation with Travis Kelsey. Like, that's how good a receiver he is. They use him very similarly, as in put him out wide as a wide out, put him in the slot, and let him run choice routes. He's uncoverable. Uh, he's too big for corners. He's too quick and too fast and still too big for safeties. Uh, he's a beast. So if the Giants can keep him healthy, a fucking third-round pick, like Jesus Christ, man. I don't know what his salary is, so I don't know how much they have to pay him, but this is one of those situations where I feel like if every team in the league knew that they can have Darren Waller for a third-round pick, there would have been like Brinks trucks just lined up at the Vegas facility, like, we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take him. Like, Anybody would have, you know, I should say Hertz trucks. Like, anybody would Fight have taken him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, like, let's arm wrestle for this motherfucker. Like, it's, he's that good. When he plays. When he plays. The backstory I heard. Let's hear this. I'm intrigued. I don't know how true this is or whatever, but there's some kind Uh-oh, of truth Scotty's going to start spreading rumors. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm the Yenta on the show. Though. The Yenta. Um, Shout out to Harry. So, so he was supposed to get... Married, okay, and uh, but I don't know. I don't know if it was a secret or I don't know if it was like, oh, I know whatever it was, and 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 he like then he kind of leaked it out or something. McDaniel wasn't so, invited, right? And then he wasn't invited, 
and he got all salty about it, supposedly. Oh, this and can't next be you know, why. And next thing you know, he's shipping him out to New York. It was two and weeks his, later. And Darren Waller's <laughs> wife plays basketball in Vegas. In Vegas. Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. I know I heard that. Now, did I, now you say I heard that. Brutal. Holy shit. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. Uh, you're basically you're newlyweds, and you're like, we're going to have this life together here in Vegas. Bye. I always knew McDaniels was a bitch. Off that the OTAs. Oh, it's awful, awful, awful. San Francisco Giants, huge signing defensive tackle. You mean the 49ers? What I say? Giants. Oh, you yeah. spring training on your mind. I got a little baseball. <laughs> yeah, 49ers signed Mr. Hargrave from the uh, Hargrove from the Eagles. Nice. Man, you put him on the defensive line there. I mean, seriously, gracious. how good can that defense be? I, I mean, it's it's really pretty man, crazy. I, I'm hoping they're still pretty good without the Miko Ryans and Robert Salas, uh, both of those guys. They did okay um, without Salah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Well, Ryans was under him, so maybe. Yep. And then I don't think the guy they got now was under Ryans. I think he's a fresh face. Is it Wilkes? From the outside. Did they get Steve Wilkes? Ooh, I think he might be right. Yeah. Who's pretty good? Right? He, in his own mind, he's pretty good, so yeah. we'll see there. Yeah. Uh, one more, and then we'll get to the, uh, the team that plays in the Meadowlands. I you have call- a couple, yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield. Hmm. Is he day one starter? Yeah, right. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, they're only know, paying him eight million dollars. I don't know that either, to be honest. Uh, with you. And I think that's eight million. Uh, I almost want to say eight million over two years. It's not much. They're not paying him much, so they're not obligated because of money to start him. Um, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they start Kyle Trask just to see what they have. And then if they have to move off of him and use Baker Mayfield, I wouldn't be surprised. Every report I have seen is that they really do like Trask. Yeah, um, me They don't like him more than so. Tom Brady. Obviously, they would prefer, or would have preferred <laughs> Tom Brady to come back. But I've everything I've seen is that they really like him. So... Um, I think he's going to get a really fair shot, and at the price that you're paying for Baker Mayfield, uh, you can do that. You can do yeah. that. My 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 suspicion is is that probably as the season goes on, he'll have a good game, have a bad game, and they'll they'll end up doing basically what they were doing in Carolina, which is Sam Darnold one game, Baker the next two games, then Sam Darnold for three games. Oh, I got a twisted ankle. Then it's back to you know. And back and yeah. forth because yeah. neither one of them is is and a then star and then right your team's though. a mess all year. Then you're six and eleven, and Michael Evans is stone shut on the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Evans get, gets moved. I really wouldn't. Really? Be, I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. Um, what's the point? I mean, I don't think. Look at this team from last. They were five hundred with Tom Brady. Yeah. What have they done to improve? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So maybe you break this thing down a little bit. And build it back up over the next couple of years. Yeah, and I think they traded a lineman already too. I think. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of if they kind of tank a little. Yeah, break this thing down. Yeah, get one of those. Uh, two, get one of those other guys, uh, May from North Carolina or Williams from USC in next year's draft yeah. or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. Mister Hartman, guy can throw it. Yep. Now he's at Notre Dame. We'll see. Yep. Uh, you got a couple before we move on to your uh, green and white. Uh, the couple things that were interesting to me. One of them is for is the, for the upcoming draft, uh, but for free agents, Juju Smith Schuster signed with the Patriots. Yep. I thought that was yep. a good signing for that. I agree. This is a very interesting player to me because he's pretty productive. Although he didn't have a great year this year with Kansas City, and maybe that didn't help him a lot. This guy's <laughs> been a pretty productive and healthy receiver availability again, right? Um, so I'm a little surprised that he can't find himself like. A relatively long term contract. He's he's constantly on these like one year. 
again, I think there's a I think there's something there off the field. Yeah, you think it's a personality thing? Like it's just that he's a weirdo, yeah. and I think and it people are afraid of that. Would be dancing kind of in and the lock, yeah. recording yeah. shit in the locker room, and but you know, yeah. Belichick has always been able to handle those kinds of guys. Um, uh, well, look, he went to Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, so I mean, that's exactly where you want to be. Absolutely, man. absolutely. And then before we get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff, um, I don't know if you saw this. This kind of went a little underreported, but I think it's a big deal. That kid we were talking about last week, Jalen Carter for Georgia. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about his pro day? I did not. So I Georgia, I, I, I heard he got probation and uh, a fine. Okay. Well, he had his pro day, and he was so out of shape. I think they said he was either 20 or 30 pounds overweight. Holy and he was Christ. so out of shape that he didn't even complete the workout. Um, that's not good. That's not good because that's a bad look. Yeah. So you went from being maybe the most talented player in the entire draft to being damaged goods because of the legal issues. Oh, dude. To now it looks like like you can make multiple assumptions off of this kind of workout. You could say, well, he's lazy or he's a quitter or he got full of himself because he knew he was going to be like a top five pick so he didn't put the work in. None of those are good. So feel free to pick the one that you like the most. That's not good. That's that's a bad, bad look for a guy who's essentially a top five, top ten pick. This is a huge if. But if he figures it out and gets the right, um, right fit, right discipline, he's going to be a steal for somebody. Well, it's looking more dropped. and more like a big if, though. That's the problem because yeah, you start I to know. say, I, you know, do you want to take a top ten pick on a guy who, on his own pro day, you schedule your own pro day. It's not like they shock you with it. You know, like, hey, dude, your pro day's tomorrow. Fuck, I'm hey, not ready. Hey, what, what are you doing in two hours? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you schedule this shit like months in advance. You know it's coming, and you were unprepared. Like, that's a scary, scary fucking scenario to me, yeah. man. Like, wow, no, what are you a- thinking? So um, <laughs> we'll see We'll see what shakes out like that. Now, I have seen guys do a second pro day before. Me too. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know. Teddy Bridgewater comes to mind for me. Yeah, because the first time, first pro day, he didn't wear the gloves. He was throwing lawn darts in the indoors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But he didn't wear, he didn't wear the gloves because he wanted to show – that he could throw the ball without the gloves, and then he's like, "Well, fuck it! Like, what's wrong with me wearing gloves?" So the second one, right. he wore the, like, so we'll see what he does. You know, maybe a month out or a few weeks out from the draft, maybe he does another one, drops some of those lbs, and looks a little better. But the fact that you couldn't even finish the goddamn workout, man, that's that is no bueno, no bueno. All right, the uh, the new and exciting news in New York. I'm gonna check my phone Je- just to make sure nothing's happened in the last 20 the minutes. The Jets have on. signed Alan Lazard. That's the big news. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need to hear. All right. Now let me just say this before you, because I know you're being a little snarky, sarcastic little bitch boy by me saying never. N- no, never. I like signing Alan Lazard. I do too. That means Corey Davis is probably gone, right? I would think so because you're saving at least two million dollars on that contract because I think Corey Davis is getting in somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 or 14. Um, but he's also he's six five. He had eight touchdowns last year on sixty catches. Now sixty catches to me is not a lot, but yeah. eight touchdowns that's pretty good for a guy who's like not a number a typical number one receiver. You don't see that too often. That's a well, really good great. number. He'll be he'll be great as a two. He was great as a two. Absolutely. With, with Adams there, so yeah, I think I th- I'm not comparing Wilson to Adams just yet. But I'm, no, 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 no. But he yeah. is a very pro- listen. He was an offensive rookie of the year last year, so he's a very productive. Uh, wide yeah. receiver, and yeah. that's with Joe Flacco yeah, and Zach Wilson and, and Mac, Mike, Mike White, White and whatever yeah. the fuck. So 
Um, I actually do like the 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 the, the pickup. Eleven uh, four years, forty four million, eleven million a year, which is very you know. Uh, manageable price for a, a, a number two wide receiver or a, a, a two plus a B plus I'll call him. Um, now the obvious, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, four zero, sir. Um, so the most recent report. All right, so let's go back a little bit. He goes on McAfee, whatever. Yesterday, day before, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, when he announced it, it was yesterday. Yesterday, Wednesday. Okay, and he said, "Listen, I want to be a Jet. I'm not holding this up." Um. Green Bay's looking to maximize the, the trade. And I get that. That's me. That's not Aaron Rodgers saying it. That's me. I get that. I get that wanting to maximize trades. But I'm not going to be held hostage. And, <coughs> you know, Green Bay can hold out as long as they want. If you're the Jets, you can't. Because you got to go into the draft and you got to go into your offseason knowing who your quarterbacks are. Now, I think the Jets have a legitimate out here. Okay? And I would do it. I would at least threaten it. Or I would at least faint that I'm doing it. Oof, um, go ahead. I tell Green Bay, we're out. Cause okay, so here's what I heard. To, here's all I hear all day today. You listen to Colin Cowherd. You watch some of these other guys. Green Bay has all the leverage because they can wait. Okay, you really think Green Bay has all the leverage? Let's see. Let's say the Jets were to say, you know what? Screw you. We're out. You bringing Aaron Rodgers back into that locker room after he just told his entire team that he wants to play for the New York Jets? You're going to bring point. him back to meet with meet with Jordan Love and see who's going to be the starter? You want to bring that guy back in, and when you do start Jordan Love, you're going to have Aaron freaking Rodgers sitting behind him? You're going to pay him $58 million to be your backup? <laughs> you're going to cut him and take a $48 million uh, salary cap hit? Who's got the leverage here? So, And I actually believe Joe Douglas is smart. So what I do... Is I t- I tell Green Bay, you know what, guys? We appreciate the talk. We're gonna take a little break this weekend. Maybe you can think about what we've offered, but we're gonna take a little break. If you change your mind and our offer is good enough, you let us know. But we're gonna back off. And I call Gardner Minshew, and I bring Gardner Minshew in this weekend uh, for an interview. Take him around town, and I offer him eight million a year for two years. With a with a with a team friendly option for the third year, and here's why I do that. Number one, I love the idea. I told you I have not given up on Zach Wilson, and I haven't. I really do believe there's still a possibility there. Do some things have to fall in place? Sure, but Nathaniel Hackett's a good coach. They brought another guy. I can't remember the guy off the top of my head right now uh, as their quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator. Yeah. Um, who I like a lot, and I have a lot yeah. of faith in. They brought in a guy from the Titans, right? Too correct. Dowling, yeah. Dowling, am I getting that name yeah. right? Something like that, yeah. Okay, and I personally think Zach Wilson is a hard worker. I don't think he's a diva. I think he got. I think he made one bad statement that cost him everything. Okay, but I do think there's a player in there. So I bring in Gardner Minshew. Learn from this fucking guy. <coughs> you know, learn from Gardner Minshew. Let him be their version of. Uh, Fitzpatrick a couple years back, except you have a real legitimate potential guy to to take his place. So two year contract, some eight and ten million a year, whatever the hell you want to give him. You got the money because you were going to give Aaron Rodgers fifty million, and tell Green Bay to go take a hike. I would do that over the weekend and put the pressure back on Green Bay. And say you really because everybody say, oh Green Bay's got all the leverage. I don't think Green Bay has to trade him now. They're the one who has to make the move. The Jets don't have to. They could do something else. Now, there's very few options, and Minshew is about the only one left. Um, 
But I yeah. like Minshew. I've said to you many times, if you put his stats next well, to Baker L- Mayfield, Lamar, they're identical. Lamar, Lamar maybe or Tannehill maybe. Yeah, but, but you, uh, those would be trades, that's, that's and you have to give up yeah. a lot. Um, but as far as just signing a guy, I like Minshew. I've mentioned this before on this particular podcast. If you look at his statistics, he is I- almost identical in those first couple years to Baker Mayfield, who was on a significantly better team. If you remember, Minshew was on the Jags, who were god-awful, which is why they got Trevor Lawrence. Um, and 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 Baker Mayfield was on on the Browns, who had a pretty good team. They made the playoffs those uh, one of those two years. So to have equal stats with Baker Mayfield with a significantly worse team means you're pretty good. Do I think he's good? Do I think he's top twenty? No. But on this team with that defense, frankly, you put Gardner Minshew as a starting quarterback on this Jets team last year, they made the play. They would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Think of how many games that they gave away with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco at quarterback. Even if it was just two games, they would have made the playoffs. So I tell Green Bay, pound salt, or at least I make I give the impression that that's what we're going to do. I tell them to take, I say, we're going to take a break, and I bring in Gardner Minshew over the weekend. I wine and dine him. I make sure all the cameras are on us at the steakhouse, at the nightclub, getting in and out of the limo, all that kind of stuff. And frankly... This is just me because I, it's getting out of control now. If by Monday Green Bay doesn't change their mind, I'm signing Gardner Minshew. I heard that Green Bay has till draft day. They have until September 1st. I just oh, I just saw a new report. God. This is what I'm saying. You're going to hold me hostage for that long? You know what? You can keep them. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah what point. does Green Bay do if the Jets pull out? Well, they, let's see. Who, who else would call the Packers about this? This is what I'm asking. Who, who? What do they do? <clears throat> Who's got that kind of cap space? Atlanta. They want him in the AFC, though, right? Like preferably. Yeah, but if you're if you're desperate now, this is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I know what, you. Everybody what, thinks Green Bay. Everyone in the AFC except the Jets, kind of. They have I mean, a quarterback. The AFC is the most quarterback-loaded division I, in the history of football. <laughs> you sit in you sit in Indianapolis, but they want to draft the they guy. Don't this, they don't want him. They don't want him. No right, way. Right, right. Right. And you think he would go to Houston? No, I don't think so. He would never go. He'd say, I'm retiring. Do the Steelers make a, a, a pick? Not a chance in hell. No. You got huh? Kenny Pickett, who won like five out of his last seven games. I understand that. I understand that. that this is what I'm saying. It's bizarre. it's bizarre, dude. Think about this. Think of, think of what this says actually about Aaron Rodgers. That you're talking about a guy who's still probably, at the very least, top six or seven in the league. As far as talented quarterbacks, and nobody wants them. Yeah. Nobody wants them. Except your New York Jets. Now, let me ask you. you happy? Am I happy if they do get them? Yeah. Listen, uh, who has the who who has the best quarterback in the AFC East if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers? The Bills. Who is the second best? You guys. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Will I take Aaron? Am I thrilled about it? No, because I don't want the chaos. We've seen this story for two, three years now with Green Bay since we've been talking on this podcast. I don't want the chaos. But when the season starts, the guy balls. Yeah. I mean, this was a bad year, and he had 27 touchdowns and like eight interceptions. I don't even think it was that many interceptions. I mean, maybe it was eight interceptions. Like, that's a bad year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's a he's a player, and you look at the weapons that the Jets have. 
He's going to put up numbers. They have to make some adjustments on the offensive line for sure. But you're going to put up points. You're going to be good. I just don't like that it's such a short-term answer. You know, I really do believe that in the conversations that Joe Douglas has had and Salah have have had with Aaron Rodgers, I have to believe that they asked him, can we get some kind of a, not a guarantee, but some kind of an assurance that you're interested in playing with us for two years? Because you're asking to give up a lot for one year. I mean, one year for a first-round draft pick? I mean, that's bullshit. That player is a is a 10-year player if you pick him right. Yeah. So I get a, I get a one-year player for a guy who's a potentially a 10-year player and cheaper? What's Green Bay asking for? So that's the thing. We don't know exactly, but... Until today, we were told they they weren't so insistent on a first-round draft pick. And if you remember, Brett, now they Favre, are. Brett Favre went to the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a fourth-round pick. Yeah, I think you're right. So why would why the fuck would I give up a first-round draft pick on a guy who's going to play one, maybe two years? So that's, the room, that's what I heard today is that they do want a first-round pick plus. They want more. Like they might want conditional picks for if he continues to play. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. Holy shit. We're good to go. I'm out. Yeah, no that thanks. makes more sense what you're saying. Because what it also yeah. sounds like is that the Jets and, the, and Green Bay kind of had a, a deal in place. A handshake kind of deal. Yeah, yeah kind of like they had the basic framework. And now it sounds like Green Bay's playing games and is starting to say, well, you know, maybe we want a little more. Then keep them. So I, I dare Joe Douglas to say to them, keep it. And you tell me that Green Bay's not going to fold like a cheap suit because they want – they've already said they want the guy out the building. Now you're going to welcome him back? And if I'm Aaron Rodgers and they don't make this trade, there's no fucking way I'm retiring. You get to pay me $58 million and I'll sit the bench. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd pull a Steve Nash when he was with the Lakers and say, Fuck you, pay me. You know, you remember that? You remember that? I do. He I was do. dead. He basically couldn't even walk, and he just sat on the bench and got paid. I think it was in the, in the thirty million something, That's thirty-two beautiful. million range. They were like, that "Can, can you be us soon, man?" He was like, "I know, seriously." With these hips, they were like, "Can you retire?" And he's like, "Nope, pay me. You signed the contract, so did I. Pay me." And that's what I would say for Aaron Rodgers. If they if Green Bay wants to play hardball, and you say, "Nah, you know what? I think I want to play this year." Because if they cut him, they still got to pay him because it's guaranteed money. Well, good luck, sir. <laughs> I genuinely, because I like Joe Douglas. I think he's a really, really good GM. I, I, I Think agree. about this. This guy just had the rookie, the defensive and offensive rookie in the year picked in the same draft. I know. That doesn't happen well, very often. I think Hutch should have won defensive rookie of the year. But, but I'm you're biased. biased so. Yeah. Uh, everyone else on the planet knows that you're wrong. Well, I don't think so. You drafted the guy who instantly became the best corner in the league. I think that call, yeah. I think that calls for him to be the best. Anyway, best corner in the league, the, the, PFF. the league, the best. No, P yeah? PFF had him ranked the number one corner in the league uh, by, by a hot, couple points. Did you buy his hot sauce yet? No, I should do that. <laughs> you know what's funny is I wouldn't buy a jersey because I don't do that. But hot sauce, yeah, I'll buy a fucking hot sauce. Yeah. I like that idea. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping – I want to see Joe Douglas play a little hardball and say, you know what, guys? Hey, I appreciate it. It was good doing business with you. It just didn't work out. Take care now. Now, let me – one more thing while we're beating a dead horse here for the last fucking month. Not our fault. It's his fault. It's the story. No, it's, the it's story. not our fault. Yeah. No, it's not our fault. Can the Jets afford to do that, though? I think – you know, so this is – all right. So this is obviously the other side of it, right? Can the Jets afford to? Sure. 
Can Joe Douglas afford to? I think so. Can Robert Sala afford to? No. I don't think Robert Sala can afford to not make the playoffs. Now, I do think if they had Gardner Minshew last year, they were a playoff team. But they're not this. They've already lost a couple players. Sheldon Rankins is gone. They they lost a couple guys already. Um, So who knows from year to year? Barrios is gone, right? Barrios is gone. I don't care. He was not productive last year. Yeah, two years ago he was really good. Last year he didn't do shit, right? He didn't like, do much. Didn't do much. Now, I don't know if that's the quarterbacks. You know, even on punt returns, yeah. though, he didn't do a whole, a whole hell of a lot this year. So, anyway, Robert Sala needs to make the playoffs or at least make a very, very strong showing. Good, Like, if he were to win 10, if the, if the Jets win 10 games and they miss the playoffs, he's not getting fired. But if they go 7 and 10 again. He's probably gone. So that's this is where it yeah, comes into. You, guys, these you guys, guys have a good roster. You got to remember, guy. these guys are trying to save their jobs too, man. It's not. Ju- I would love to sit here and say they're just trying to do what's best for the organization and the team, but they're not. They're also trying to save their jobs. And I get it. I'd be doing the same goddamn thing. But I think I think Joe Douglas would survive that. I don't think Roberts. If they miss the playoffs, I think he would survive. I don't think Joe. I don't think Robert Solid does. Which makes you desperate, which is never – it's never good to be ma- doing negotiations from a place of desperation. Definitely not good. Want to talk golf or you want to talk uh, a little March Madness? Let's talk some golf, my man. I had a great time watching the players this weekend. Dude, I did too. I watched a ton of it. I watched I watched some at night when it was like over. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. get enough of it Like when they replayed it on the golf channel. Uh, we both had Scotty Scheffler number one, and Scotty Scheffler wins the tournament by five strokes. Unbelievable. Making us look like a genius, but I think that's just the obvious. He is he is a goddamn machine. Bro, he has zero weaknesses. So when he's firing on all cylinders, he's really, really good. He hits the ball a ton. Very rarely does he miss the fairway. When he does, his recovery shots are fucking bananas. Like He's one of the best at recovery shots in, that there is. He I agree. Put, on Sunday, he putted okay, and that still was better than most of, the, <laughs> most of the guys that were out there. So it's like he didn't even putt his best this weekend, but normally he putts really well too. Like there's no holes in his game. And oh, by the way, he's like super humble, which probably grounds him even more and makes Dude, him more dangerous. You know, did you hear what they said? Like he drinks coffee nonstop at home, but he won't drink any on the golf course, and he throws up on Sunday mornings. Does he really? He's so, He's so nervous and nauseous. You <laughs> doesn't dude, look you it, does it? Not at all, oh man. My like God. he's a, he's a cool cucumber. That's his, that's for sure. Um, he's becoming more and more. We talked about this too. He's becoming more likable. Yeah, like he was interviewed after the round, and he was a little like oh shucks, a little embarrassed, yeah. talking about like his family was there, and a little tear his came in his eye. Yeah, like, very yeah. cool stuff. You could see the kind of person that he is, which makes him definitely. And did very you see likeable. what he did with the Masters dinner? I did not. So you know, you know, the, the for people who don't know, last year's winner gets the host. It's called the Masters Dinner. It's Tuesday night, and all ex winners get to go. They're all invited. Right, only the and, Green Jacket winners. And last year's winner gets to pick the menu. So he has menu, pretty good menu. Like he said, like he's it's very normal, like sliders for appetizers, steak, fish, like cookies, ice cream for dessert. On the bottom. It said all live golfers can meet at nine on the nineteenth at nine o'clock. 
you know, from Happy Gilmore, you know, and then all the sprinklers come oh, on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And very funny. Like, you didn't, you didn't see that coming from him. Like, like, no, no, no. Pretty yeah. good. Well, you hear, like, people when you say, when the guy's off camera, he's got a great personality. Yeah. But he just gets a little nervous on camera, and I totally understand that. But he's he's an unbelievable player. Guy's won, I think, six or seven times in the last, like, 18, 19 months, which is stupid. I like, think that's very st- Tiger-esque. Yeah. That's I think he had a stretch months. He had a stretch on Saturday where I think he had a couple holes. He was not bad, but like that guy Kim was coming on or mm-hmm. Lee, whatever his name was, was coming on. And uh, all of a sudden, at the end of the tournament, he's going into Sunday up two strokes. And you're like, dude, yeah. it's, it's unreal. Yeah, you just made, brought a thought to mind. Like he, he very much, you know, all shucks, uh, humble, all that stuff. Trust me, I tell you the one thing that is maybe the most like admirable about him as a competitor, as an athlete. Dude, when he smells blood in the water, he is a fierce great white shark. Like, how many times have we seen him win a tournament and it's by more than three strokes? I know. Which is doesn't happen. I know. Four, five, six strokes he wins these tournaments by. It's like, bro. You know, I almost want to see someone, like, push him down where it's, like, 17 and 18 hole. They actually matter. Like, this last yeah. tournament, and normally this bothers me, but for some reason it didn't. And maybe it's because of the course is so fucking cool that I know there was yeah. nothing to be concerned about as far as who's going to win down that 16, 17, 18 stretch. Um, but yet I was still totally intrigued because I want to see the shots he's going to make. Because here's the other thing about him. He does not play like layup. He doesn't play conservative. But he, he plays smart. But he plays smart. Like he's Phil yeah. Mickelson, but smart. Like, he yeah, still has the go for it, but that's not stupid go for it. You know what I mean? Like, he's got, like, it dialed back just a notch or two from what Phil used to do all the time, you know? Yeah, Which good. is exciting. It's exciting as shit to watch. You know, there was one – there was a, a, a par five coming down the stretch that everybody was like, it, he's up by five strokes. Just lay up. You don't have to go for it in two. Fuck that. He goes for it in two, sticks it on the green. And it was just like these guys, these younger guys, they just don't go. They don't play that. Right. They don't do that play conservative shit. You know, they just go for it. So he was awesome. I did want to bring up somebody else uh, specifically. Well, first of all, you mentioned um, oh, you had uh, uh, Ricky Fowler in your list of five guys who played. Played well. Played really well. Looked good. Um, he, he, he looks comfortable again in his own skin, doesn't he? He looked great on that 17th hole, which, you know, uh, won him the tournament a few years back. Um, yeah, he looked good. And something that I heard the announcers talking about when it came to Ricky is apparently some of the trouble he was getting into in the last few years is that he was just kept working on the mechanics, working on the swing. And what they said is his new mantra is worry about the score, not about your swing. Mm. And it's almost like saying, dude, you're a pro golfer. Your swing is just fine. Go out there and play golf, play smart course management, you know, take your shots when you can, but don't get out of control. Like, and yeah. that clearly has been helping him over the last, you know, half year or something like that, whatever it's been that he's been playing better. So he had a nice show. <clears throat> he played pretty well. Rory, Rory did not show up. Nope. That was a little bit of a disappointment. He was nowhere to be found. Um, so that, yeah, that, but that, I mean, it, it happens. It happens. But the other guy that I wanted to mention was Terrell Hatton. This guy has a knack. Yeah, he's good. You know, people forget, like, isn't he, um, did he win the green jacket? Was it him that won a green jacket? I don't think no, so. No, no, no. It was no. a different guy. It was a different guy I'm thinking of. That one, the year Spieth fell apart. It wasn't Hatton. Oh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Another British the dude. Year. See, you don't even remember. Another British dude. I can't remember his name. Not and, Adam Scott. No, nah, no. Nah. 
Um, anyway, Terrell Hatton has a way of like putting up a really nice number. He shot at seven under on Sunday, and that's with like twenty to thirty mile an hour. That you know, he shot a seven under with twenty to twenty, you know, 25, 30 mile an hour winds to shoot seven under. And frankly, most of it was on the back nine. He like really went <clears> on the back nine. Danny Willett. Danny Willett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Terrell Hatton has a way of doing that, and a lot of these, I'll call the, you know, this isn't a major, but it's like a sub major. We'll call it. You know, there are certain there are certain uh, tournaments that are not majors, but Dude, nobody I misses. I love this tournament. Oh, there's it's no so doubt. much fun. The way they way they cover it, like from Monday on, they're there. I love how they're outside with the lights on, and you can see the 16th fairway with the tree. Oh, dude, it's it's great. It's and I love great. that they they kind of made that seven, uh, 17th hole, that part three. <clears throat> a stadium. It, it's yeah. kind of stadium. See, it's not exactly like the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but. Because it's, there's water there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah you to... can't. <laughs> but um, and it's similar, and there's a lot. There's a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of dude, people. It's, and it's, it's a great so cool. tournament. Yeah, very, it's very cool. It's one of my favorites. And I like how they do it before the March Madness now. It's smart. Yeah, it's, it's smart. Got your, it's, got, it's got your own window. It's got yeah, your absolutely. Own yeah, it's smart. I, listen, we talked about it this over the last year or so that I think that I was not too sure about the scheduling changes that the PGA was thinking about making. If we go back two years ago, this is when they decided they were going to make these schedule changes, kind of move the schedule forward a little bit so that they didn't have to compete with the NFL. And I just, I, I don't know, like I'm very much a traditionalist. I don't love change like that too often. Like it makes me a little nervous. It has worked out fantastic no, for the PJ Tour. No, golf has done, golf has done great for themselves. They, this lifting, yeah. this lifting was trying to throw them a curveball, but they're trying to like. I don't think it's a more, bad thing though. If more you're money. Looking, yeah, if you look at what's happening, the players yeah. that are on the still on the PJ Tour, they they love it because the, the purses know. are bigger. Yep. So if nothing else, it did its job in making it about the players. Um. Yeah. One. Yeah. PG is in great shape. I have this one down. Uh, one more thing later. about the this tournament. I don't know if were you going to still mm. talk about this one. No. I was just going to say there were in the history before this weekend, there were seven total hole in ones in the fifty something years of this tournament. Yeah. Seven yeah. total in those fifty years, whatever fifty something years. There were three this weekend. Dude, there was sick. The it one that crazy. bounced right now. Oh my god. Sick. Oh my god. It was like kerplunk straight in couple of them were pulled back and into the whole beautiful just it helps it helps the tour and it helps that yeah. tournament golf's in good shape man Shit, it's like, yeah and you think of all the young players the scotty shefflers even rory who's not as young as he was but more these, comma shit, yeah. yeah it's in great great hands right now have you watched the netflix series full swing yet i haven't yet is it good so i liked it i loved i loved i loved episode one they did they did uh speed and jt together Fantastic. Okay. Episode two was about Brooks Kepka, and he is a – you can form your own opinion, but he is exactly what you think he is. He's an asshole. He's a douchebag. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arrogant prick. Three or four – they did one on Ian Poulter, which was totally unnecessary. There's no reason why you should do anything on Ian Poulter. He's a – Pass his time. A, yeah. Pass his time. Ten years ago, he, that would have been interesting. They did one – the last – I just watched one yesterday, um, and they did – a combo of uh, Dustin Johnson, um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who won the U.S. Open last year, which I forgot how he won it. What a fucking shot out of the bunker on yes. 18. That was incredible. I thought it was over. I, I remember. Oh, like, me oh, too, dude. I remember texting. I think, like, oh, this guy's cooked. Yep. This is where he coughs yeah. it up. And then I forgot who the third guy was, but it was really good. And Dustin was, listen, Dustin's an arrogant guy too, but 
a little bit more likable, and, and a lot of Paulina, which which is very nice. Always nice. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that was by accident. Yeah, <laughs> the hot blonde. Your wife's chick. gonna be home, right? The hot like, blonde Gretzky like, girl. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. by accident. Um, we didn't know um, she was gonna be on screen so much. And Dustin said, "Yeah, oh, she's in a bikini. How'd that oh. happen?" We'll slip um, that in. Dustin said, "Listen, he goes, I want to spend more time with my kids. He goes, my wife dealt with like Wayne being around, like yeah. never around for a while when she was growing up." Listen, you're going to give me more money to play less and be with my family. It's a no-brainer. He goes, there's not a guy that works nine to five that wouldn't take that responsibility. Of course. So why am I getting shit for it? And he's right. And he's like, he's You and right. I said that exact yeah. fucking thing. If someone were to offer, all these people are like, shouldn't happen. If somebody offered you three times or twice your pay that you have right now to do less work. Yeah. Y- you would say no? I know. Because your company loves you? Come on. Fuck out of here! Get out of yeah. here! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame him, and no, I, I, would, bl- I, I never no, I blamed any it. of the players on that tour for doing. Dude, it. I'd give it a shot. You can probably kill him in three days, dude. It's like, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I'll check that out. Definitely. March Madness. Yeah, let's get to the tournament. I have to acknowledge ahead of time that I did not really pay much attention to college basketball this year. We we've become this this podcast has become so football centric. Yeah, that that really just dominates all the stories, but. There is just something about this tournament. It's going on as we're speaking right now. This tournament's going on. The first two games out of the gate were bananas, Virginia has already lost to Furman. So let me just say, I do not have a Final Four bracket. You do, so you're going to cover what you think the Final Four will look like. I have two teams that I think um, they're going to sound like household names, but they're not this year. But I think you should pay attention. I think you can make a little money. By working these two oh, teams, I, in a I would like to guess if that's okay with you. Well, sir. why don't you get? Why don't you break me down for your final <clears throat> four first? So let me get my. And then yes, here. I would love for you to guess. So in the South Region, I have Alabama coming out of that. They are putting on an offensive display as we speak right now. Overall, number one team in the tournament. Overall, number one team. They had a little off much, the court controversy yeah, this they year. They did. They did. But they've been the kind of the consensus best. Team they are. They are. Side. They are explosive on. Which uh, is on interesting, offense. right? Like since when did <clears throat> Alabama become like basketball powerhouse? Last couple like, years, like, they've like been. Two years. Yeah, yeah, last couple years, they've been really good. The East Region. I have the Duke Blue Devils coming out of there. Interesting, because that's a three seed. That's a five seed. They're a five seed? Yeah, oh, I shit. thought they were on their way to a three seed, but they didn't give them the love. But they're playing you good basketball. You the, imagine they're healthy. sitting And listen, and give John Shire his, his, his flowers yes. here. He has absolutely done a good job year one out of the game. Looked man. shaky at first, <clears> but. He did. Whew. But it's a sprint, not a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. In the Midwest region, I have the Houston Cougars going to Houston in the it final It doesn't four. hurt. And in the West, I have the UCLA Bruins. Uh, they are playing really good. What Mick seed Cornish are they? Got them. They are a two seed. Okay. Who's the one seed in that section? That would be the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay. Bill and Self coming, was not coaching. And they're coming today. off a championship. It's hard to repeat. And Bill Self is having some health issues, yes. which is not good. Scary and send prayers out to him. Yeah, absolutely. I am not the biggest fan, but obviously I don't want to see anyone sick and of course, of course, not do what he loves. So, um, um so I have I have Alabama versus Duke. Uh, and I have Houston versus UCLA, and I will have Bama and the Houston Cougars in the final. And I will take the number one overall seed as they overcome adversity and win the national championship. I like that. I like that. Um, so you mentioned one of the teams that I think people should take Duke. a look at, and that's Duke for sure. Um, what's uh, well, I'm like fascinated by what's going on. Now, I say I haven't watched a lot of games, but I certainly pay attention to the stories and the rankings and that kind of stuff. 
Duke was a top 10 team preseason. They got off to a really, really rocky, rocky start. They were basically a 500 team for the first couple months of the season. But they're seven, and they weren't even ranked. I remember this was like last week uh, before the ACC tournament started. I looked at like one of their games. I was looking on the score app at one of their games, and there was no number next to their name, like for the ranking. And yeah. I'm like, this can't be. Yeah. And I'm looking all over. I looked at another app, and, and they're not ranked. And I'm like, Duke is not ranked? What the hell is going on? And it's because they got off to a, ro- a rocky start. Well, they were a little injured. They were a little young. Uh, they're a lot healthy, and they're a little more experienced. They're 17-1 in their last 18 games, and they, and they won the ACC tournament. This is a team that is peaking at the exact right time. You mentioned Shire as the coach. I'll tell you what, the way things were going, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got fired in the first fucking year the way the season started. But God damn, has that guy done a really good job down in the last couple months. Uh, I don't care who you are, 17-1 and one in the ACC down the stretch, that's some shit. And then go out and win the, uh, win the ACC tournament in impressive fashion. Keep an eye on Duke. And now you would say, nor- most usually people say, well, Duke, no shit, Duke. That's because usually they're a one or a two seed. Like you just said, they're a five. Yeah, you can make some good money with Duke if, as a five seed, even though the name you're going to be buying it at as a premium. You know, it's a five seed. That's that's a bar, that's you're going to get a, you're going to get a bargain there with them because they're playing they're now, playing like a one uh, seed. That's a good one, buddy. I um, <clears throat> oh, man, I think I'm going to change my mind on your second one because I think it's. Who do you think the second one is? I think the second one's Kentucky, but I don't I don't know. It is not. I'll give you <clears throat> one more chance. Gonzaga. Damn you, son. So, I agree with you on this because now the pressure's off them. This Thank year. you. I think yeah. you're looking at yeah. a team who year after year after year, um, they still won their Western, Conf- whatever. West Coast Conference. WCC. They still won it, and they won it impressively this year. But they weren't the same dominant team, especially early in the season. You know, what we've seen in the past with Gonzaga is a team who plays the early preseason tournaments, we'll call them, and beats a lot of the big names. Yeah. And that's what builds the hype, right? And then they go out and play in that West Coast Conference, and they dominate that, and they come in with like a, you know a a thirty-one and one record, and the, all the pressure in the world is on because you know they've dominated and they beat the big boys early in the season. That didn't happen this year. Um, they struggled a little bit earlier in the season. They're still ranked. They're still a good team. What seed are they? Are they like a three or a four three. seed? There are three. There are three. In the UCLA bracket. In the UCLA bracket. Um, that guy Timmy is still there, who has uh, um, uh, you know fields been there. I, I, I think forever. he's getting social security for Christ's <laughs> yeah. sake. Yeah. Um, so you know they have the experience, and like you said perfectly, which is the biggest thing to me. There's no pressure on them for the first None. time in I don't even know how long. There's no pressure on Gonzaga to win this whole thing. Or, or 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 to really yeah, go that long, far. It's been a long time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them make it make a you know a sneak into the elite eight, maybe even the final four. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, and I think I love betting on good teams that don't have the pressure on them. So both of these teams, I don't know if I would say low expectations, but lower than normal expectations. Yeah. But they're both playing really well at the time because Gonzaga did in fact win their WCC over Saint uh, tournament over over St. Mary's and they won it impressively comfortably which is, yeah comfortably yeah. which is yeah. not normally the case. So I think they're playing pretty freely right now along with Duke. Both teams By playing way, with a lot of confidence. I think you can I, I think they're two teams to keep an eye on. How many years in a row 
<clears throat> Isaiah, have they played in the final together? <laughs> what do you mean? Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the West Coast. Oh, my God. Every, I think it's every it's year. It's got to be. There might it's be a Pepperdine be. You know, sprinkled in there somewhere. but A San Francisco. Right. But it's always those two. History. And frankly, St. Mary's usually puts up a pretty good, you know, a pretty good tournament. They got yeah, they they usually that guy goes out and recruits like Australia, France. Yes. 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 A lot of international players end up going to St. Mary's. And why not? It's fucking California, so I want to see matchups here. Can you give me matchups, please? Oh, here we go. So, so yeah, those those are the two teams that I thought about when I was like, man, you know, who who can knock off some of the big boys? You know, it's nice. We yeah. look, and you know, we just I just mentioned how Furman, who hasn't been in a tournament for fifty something years, they just beat Virginia. That's knocking off the big boy. But it, you know, the first weekend, it's we see that that's kind of normal. It's the second weekend where the teams that are have survived are usually pretty good. That's when I think a Duke or Gonzaga can knock off a UCLA, you know, something like that. So, so in the last. Since 1999. Oh, my God. 24 years. Gonzaga's won it 19 times. Oh, my God. And who's won it the other two? Point time. St. Mary won it three. And San Diego won it in 2003. San Diego. How about that? Wow. And how many that's, times How many times was it was it Gonzaga versus St. Mary's? That's what I'm trying to find out. It's not giving me. It's, it's not, not giving me. Tea? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Listen. As soon as we get off this podcast, I'm throwing that shit on right now because it's so much fun. There's nothing. There's nothing that compares as far as when we get the upsets. College football, you get the upsets sometimes, but it's like one weekend you got to wait a week. Another weekend you got to wait a week. Yeah. With the NCAA tournament, it's like there's one that happens at noon. There's another one that happens at four. There's another yeah. one that happens at nine. And then there's all new ones tomorrow. So hold, don't you know? Yeah. Get some sleep because there's going to be all new crazy upsets coming tomorrow. We got we got we got treated to one already today with Furman beating Virginia. And Virginia was I think a three seed, a two or a three. I think seed. a four. I think a four seed. Were they? I thought. I thought um, um, I'm with you this year though, dude. I didn't yeah, no, watch. Right. I didn't watch as much this year as I have either. I think Michigan wasn't great, and I got a lot going on too. And it's like I will say the other interesting fun, you know, just crazy thing i don't know i i don't know if i texted this to you but i i was so curious to find out how many times in the history of this tournament has a team been ranked as the preseason number one team and yeah. not even made the tournament that following yeah. you know that that season north carolina was pre did they, did they win it last year they lost they choked in the final maybe they had like a they had like a Who 60 they lose point to? lead the half kansas. kansas that's right yeah they, had, they yeah so they were in the finals last year most of their players are back they lost one guy. One guy. And they were preseason number one, and they don't even make the tournament. And they're, and they're, they're so butthurt about it that they didn't even accept an invitation to the NIT. Yeah, how's Mr. Dean Dome doing? Mr. Oh, my God. Or, uh... Dean Dome Sports is is uh, <laughs> not talking about this at all. At all. So I, I thought huh? that was like – that's almost the story of the tournament before the tournament even starts. Oh, do it for sure. It's crazy sure. to think that. You know, it's absolutely crazy to think that. So anyway – that's all I got, buddy. 101 in the books. I got to get used to these triple digits. <laughs> you have some trivia for us today? I do. I have a three-part trivia. Oh, It's so complicated. It's very SAT-like. It's not. There are three separate questions, I should say. It's not a three-part. Okay. It's two separate questions. It's college football related. 
I think next week maybe we'll do a little golf, a little college basketball since we're in the tournament, but I just had this one lined up ready to go. <clears throat> Who has the most wins in college football history? College football history? Yes. I'm going to say Alabama. You'd be wrong. Want to guess again? Notre Dame? You'd be wrong. You want to look at my hat? Is it Michigan? It's Michigan. What a scam. Who's Who second? Do you have Who that? The... Shit. Uh, I think it's Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame or Ohio State, I think it's. Okay. Who has the most bowl wins ever? I would think it's got to be somewhere along those lines. Um, USC? Michigan? You just said it before. Notre Dame? Alabama? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm struggling today. Who has had the most players drafted in the first round? What school? Uh, well, if you would have asked me this like 15 years ago, I would have had one answer, but... Most players drafted in the first round? First round. Like in history? History. I have a few teams in mind, but damn. Throw them out. I mean, I don't know. My my first guess would probably be like, uh, I'll say Miami. That's who I would have said. That's what I thought. No. Okay. USC? Yep. Okay. Shit. Yep. Yep. When I thought about it more, I thought USC, but... Those California boys, Southern California boys. Good lord! I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Second guess. That's a tough. That's one. not that's too a good bad. One. That's too bad. Nah. because it, listen, you got teams like not for anything. Michigan, Florida State was so dominant for so yeah. long. I bet you there and there were years. Notre Dame, Ohio State. There were LSU. years they had four or five guys in the first round. Like that's just crazy. Yeah, Dude, LSU Nebraska for a long time. Oh my man. god, like, for sure. Yeah, but all those teams stuff. that we just mentioned have come and gone. You know, like they've had bad years. Like Florida State has yeah. not been great for yeah. a long time. Miami's really not been great for yeah, a Michigan while. Yeah, Michigan had a run with Rich Rod. They were bad for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But USC every year. I mean, they, had a, they, had, so a, they had a small window when they were bad, but not like. Before Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a stretch before Pete Carroll that they struggled And Sarkeesian, so well. they weren't great. <laughs> yeah, for different reasons. But, yeah. So. Hi. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> sauced up. So. Um, all right, I have a question of the day, and this is you can answer this uh, next week for us, Scotty. Um, but it's more of a question for our audience. And if you if you do get to this portion of the podcast and you have an answer for us, you can reach out to us on Facebook, on Instagram, or uh, right here on YouTube is an option too. So we want to hear. I want to hear what your answer is. So we're gonna mix a little politics and sports, but not so much like pol- political figures, just political topic. Good idea. So. Um, and, but it's still sports related when it comes to the political side of this. It's the social side of this, we'll say, more than political side of it. Um, so what we're seeing now happening more and more, and there's a bit of a fight going on about it, is that we're seeing uh, transgender, um, we'll say transgender girls, uh, biological boys, competing in women's sports, okay? Um, and there's there's a debate going on of whether or not it should be. You have certain states are allowing it. Certain states are not allowing it. Some states on a high school level allow it, but not on a college level, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole – it's a whole hot mess. And I'm not here to – I'm not looking to take sides. I have my opinion, but that's not what this is for, okay? So we have the idea, the possibility of uh, biological men playing female sports. We've seen this, and often they dominate. So uh, Kevin Durant comes out next August and he says, I'm a woman and is going to be playing in the WNBA next season. 
The question for everybody is, how many points per game does Kevin Durant average in the WNBA? So Kevin Durant, come August, is a transgender. He's a female. He comes out as a, he's a, he's a woman. And he's going to be playing in a WNBA. How many points per game? How many points per game will Kevin Durant average in the WNBA? So you can reach us at on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I have a counter question for you. Okay. How many bourbons have you had that night to, to think about that question? I thought about that today. I thought it during the day at school. And no, I don't have any transgender students at school right now, but you never know. Um, do, you have, do you have bourbon? You just the topic came up. The topic came up because I forget what state it was, but a girls' track team is is now has multiple biological males on the team, and not only did they dominate a track track outing, oh Jesus, they were rubbing it in the girls' faces, like. Here we well, are. What in the girl's face? The victory. Uh, I'm just, I'm and the fact that like th we're here and there's nothing you can do about it. That's ridiculous. Everybody has their opinion. <clears throat> of it. Ridiculous. My, uh, my opinion of it doesn't matter right now. It's not the point. The point is, if Kevin Durant, as a female, as a woman, were to play in the WNBA, how many points per game do you think he would average? All right? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you want. Let us know. And if anybody has a good answer, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the show next week. All right? You have All an right. idea how many per game? Do you think he'd average fifty? Yeah. You think he'd average fifty? I think he'd average yeah. whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> new 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 segment. Question of the day. I have, I have a story for you off the air. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it must be good that we're not going to talk about it. For the very very juicy Scott Bracy on Pete Colasano, you've been listening to Bump and Run, and we'll catch you guys next week. Happy St. Patty's Day. Later. I'd say don't drink too much, but.